It's odd to me that if you think everybody sets goals in their life, business, you know, you want to lose weight, exercise more, you want to quit smoking, get rid of bad habits, look better, be more beautiful, slimmer, sexier, all this stuff. But you never say this year, I want to improve my sex life. This year, I want to make my sex life a priority. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 228. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Layla. She is the host of the Curious Girl Diaries podcast, which she started to document her journey reinventing herself after not having sex for three and a half years and then making a plan to change that. Yeah, she came up with a one-year plan and a bucket list, and we talk about the bucket list and all of the things that were on the list and some of them that are still on the list (laughs) and how she went about crossing them off. And yeah, like Emma said, it was, or I think I said, I don't know, it was over 10 seconds ago, so I don't remember. (laughs) But it was a one-year plan that has been going on now for six years. And it's super exciting and it's super amazing like where she has come throughout this journey. And we're really excited to share the story. So thank you, Layla, for coming on, for reaching out, and for sharing everything you do with us and with your listeners. Yes. And she also mentions that she's working on a course. It's not quite ready yet. It's almost out there. But if you're interested in being the first to know, go to our website, which is in the show notes and in your podcast player, and go sign up for her mailing list. You'll be the first to be notified when it's available. And links will be available on our website as soon as it's published which you can find at normalizingnonmonogamy.com and then click on the podcast tab. Yes. The other thing we wanted to mention really quick about this interview uh, is there is a point at which it sounds like Emma is laughing at Layla. I swear I'm not. Because as we said, there are some things on the bucket list that didn't get crossed off. And when we're talking about one of those, Emma chuckles. <laughs> what you can't hear is Layla is also laughing, and I'm laughing. We're all laughing together. But I'm just it, the only one audibly laughing. Right. So this is just a quick disclaimer. We weren't laughing at Layla. Well, particularly Emma wasn't laughing at Layla. <laughs> I swear I wasn't. So that is one thing we wanted to make clear. The other thing we wanted to say is that we actually got invited to go onto Layla's podcast as well. That will be publishing in a few weeks. And as soon as that is out, we will let everybody know and we'll add links to the show notes as well. So we're excited for that. Thank you, Layla, in advance for having us on. It was, yeah. a, it was a great conversation and we're super excited. Just spoiler alert, it's coming out and it's going to be awesome. Yes. Before we jump into Layla's interview here, we have a few quick announcements. First, a quick thank you and huge thank you. It shouldn't be quick. It's a really big thank you to our entire Patreon community. We're so grateful for all of you. If you're out there looking for like-minded people, we highly encourage you to check out our Patreon. We have an ongoing Mimi chat, monthly Q&A calls, men's groups, and women's group calls. Actually, the men's group call is tonight. That's March 23rd. And the women's group call is next week. And if you miss those, we'll have them again in April. For more information, go check out our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the Patreon button. If you're not up for that huge commitment of joining Patreon. Huge commitment. Wow. Sarcastic. Not sarcastic at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> we have other virtual events that Sorry. you. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to come across that. We have other virtual <laughs> events that you do not need to be a member of the Patreon community to join. But my point, <laughs> let me just clarify. My point is that it's like you can you can try out the Patreon and you can cancel at any time. So it's like it's not a huge commitment. Yeah, it's a it's a 24-month contract <laughs> with a $5,000 cancellation fee, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't tell people that. It'll scare them away. So anyway, if you don't want the commitment that Emma just scared you away from, we have other virtual events that are not part of the Patreon community. The first one that we have coming up in April, it's actually going to be in April because we already did the March ones. We have a virtual trivia on April 22nd. We've partnered with Sporkle Trivia, which they do bar trivia, and our host is amazing. She is non-monogamous herself and uh, decided this month she's going to create a special themed sex and relationship uh, trivia for us. So you're going to want to check that out. The other one we have is the day after we have a virtual meet and greet, which we've been doing for like two years now. Yeah, we've done a lot of crazy. So you want to check both of those out and the links to sign up for both of those are on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the community events tab and you'll find all of the information about both of them. And while you're there, you'll also find information about our upcoming in-person events this week. Like tomorrow and Saturday, we have two events in San Francisco Bay Area, California, a meet and greet and a pole dance class. Come check them out. We'd love to meet you. And next week, we actually have two events in San Diego, a meet and greet and also a uh, play party, which is an improv event in the park. A different type of play. Yes. The art of play yes. with with somebody we met at a conference a couple of years ago, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, we're super excited about those. To learn more, head over again to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the community events tab and you will find the information there for the in-person and virtual events and Patreon. Yes. And while you're there, please reach out to us. You'll find the contact us button on the website. We'd love to hear from you if you want to come on the show. If you want to give us feedback, just send us an email. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Yes. And with that, let's head over and talk to Layla and we'll see everybody on the other side. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Layla. We're super excited to have you here. We're excited to hear more about your story and get get your, well, your story is already out there, but we're excited to get it out there for our people, our listeners, (laughs) and hopefully send some new listeners your way. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I've already, you know, sort of like scoped your stuff and you know and your social media and stalked you guys a little bit so i'm (laughs) i'm super interested in you too so i i think this is going to be this will be a fun episode awesome well thank you for stalking us we don't even get offended by that anymore (laughs) i I don't do it in private i'll just tell you yeah yeah right excellent honesty i take the creepiness out of it Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, do you mind starting by just introducing yourself at whatever level you're comfortable with? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, So, yep. My name's Layla. Um, I also have a podcast, Curious Girl Diaries. Uh, It all kind of started back, gosh, about six years ago, um, where I had found myself in a situation where I was three and a half years without any sex. And I just kind of woke up one day and said, what? you know, what the fuck am I doing? You know, so I, I do swear. So if you want me to tone it down, you can let me know. Nope. Tone <laughs> it up. Um, it's totally fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just, I really literally like, l- I had that moment in the mirror, you know, in the bathroom, where I was just like, 
you are, what are you doing to yourself? This is ridiculous. You are wasting the pretty girl. So you need to stop this right now. We need to turn this around and, and get out of this because this is unhealthy. And so very quickly with the, I just took kind of my business know-how and I attacked my, um, dry spell problem the same way I would any sort of a business problem where I'm like, well, we got to measure and manage and have a plan and work our plan. And I did that. And literally within 10 days, I was, um, you know, having sex with somebody, a you know, basically a stranger, someone I had just met about a week before. And, uh, from there I decided that I really wanted to have fun with it and make it kind of a project. And so I created a sex bucket list and I devoted a year to kind of, I don't want to say going crazy, but just knocking things off my sex bucket list, exploring all the things that, you know, I really wanted to, that I found erotic, exciting, hot, didn't matter what it was, you know, I was just going to go for it, be open-minded, see where it took me, find out who I was at the end of this year trial. But my assumption at the time was that I was just going to plop right back into my normal life, life as I knew it, my back to vanilla. And that was going to be that, you know, I was just going to wash my hands of it and off, you know, that would be it. Well, here I am six years later. Uh, so obviously it, it stuck, but, um, along the way too, I decided that I wanted to document everything. So, you know, hence the podcast, I did start with a blog. I thought I was going to be a blogger and then do a podcast, just kind of talking about sex, sexy things and blog about my actual sexual encounters through the blog. But as it turns out, um, that was very painful year one to try to make myself blog because I feel like I'm a terrible writer and I do feel like I have the gift of gab. So I just said, screw it. I'm going to go with, we're, we're just, it's all going to be verbal here. We're just going to, we're just going to document everything through the podcast. So yeah, so we can understand that. Yeah. So, solid choice. We, we may have done something similar with a separate project one time. We're like, we're going to, we're going to do a travel blog. And then, Oh, that went out the window after like two posts that take like three weeks to write. Totally. And you're like, no. isn't it, isn't when you it, just don't have the gift of writing sometimes it's I am hard. I do not. And you know who I actually, uh, who inspired me on the, the, the blog was a girl. I don't know if you're familiar with her girl on the net. She was really my mm-hmm. whole inspiration for this. Okay. Well, she's in the UK. She's an amazing writer and just has, I think about 10 years worth of wonderfully written stories. And she, she documented her sex life. And, uh, anyway, and I just thought, well, that's my inspiration right there. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write like her. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, no, nope. no, not anywhere close. So I was feeling very self-conscious about it, but I uh, have no problem with my potty mouth describing to everybody, you know, in explicit <laughs> detail about every encounter and all the fun I was having. And so the, the podcasting just seemed like a much better fit for me. Yeah. 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 For and it sure. sounds like it's worked out pretty well. <laughs> it has. It has definitely. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so what, so what happened, first of all, what happened that kind of sent you into a three and a half year dry spell? And then what, what happened that morning you woke up? Like you kind of said, you just kind of like woke up one morning, but like, was there any sort of lead up to that? I think, it, yes. So what led to that? It really wasn't intentional. It's just that I'm very type A and I've always been an entrepreneur my whole life. And so I was just really, really had my head down working really hard in my business. It was doing very well. And I 
I can just get hyper-focused and, but I really loved what I did. And, and that almost kind of became like my lover. It was like my porn. Like I could sit up late at night at my desk, you know, doing what I was doing, working because I loved it so much. You know, it's like, I had to look, you know, I just had to look at it and be involved and do it. And then I kind of started realizing, you know, this isn't, I don't know if this is really healthy, but anytime someone would try to ask me out or want to get something going or, you know, I just was, I had zero interest because my belief at the time was no, no, that's going to take away from what, you know, my focus and that would be bad. And I don't want to do that. And so by accident, you know, your, your, years start piling on. And then, um, and then I think the catalyst for changing it was just being around a lot of my friends and seeing them involved with their partners and, and in relationships and starting to notice, you know, the intimacy and the physicality, the subtle stuff, you know, not, uh, you know, not watching them doing anything, but just, you know, just seeing that stuff. And, and I kind of, it just sort of, I don't know, it, it, it awoke something buried deep inside me. I was like, you know what, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. And I don't want to be, I don't want to like poke my head up and be an old lady and be going, oh shit. <laughs> you know, like that ship has sailed. <laughs> like, what did I do? So yeah, I just, I just kind of snapped out of it. It was like, I don't know. It was like being in a little fog, a little celibacy fog. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can totally get that. You get hyper-focused and the rest of the world sort of falls away mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So you mentioned that you, the, how you kind of came out of that in the, the first encounter, the first week, but how did that go? over, I guess, the first couple of months and your explorations? Yeah. So that guy that I first, you know, met, he was a lot of fun. And we, during that time, that, that first year, you know, my goal was I wanted to find a lot of, you know, what I was kind of calling generically for lack of a better term, just friends with benefits, you know, but emphasis on the friends. Like I wanted to do stuff. I wanted to have a good time, but I also wanted to make it clear that I was going to be seeing other people because I, I didn't believe that with this big long list and everything I wanted to accomplish, that one person was going to be able to knock that out. And I really wanted that year to be for me. And so, um, you know, so I got to experience all these different guys and, and guys with specialties, guys that were, you know, into BDSM and guys that were, you know, had this little kink or fetish and, and really kind of like, that's how I was targeting, like who I was looking for. And the first guy just happened to be a lot of fun, totally, you know, was understanding about my situation as far as, Hey, I just, I don't want any, you know, monogamy. You got to know if we're going to see each other ongoing, that I'll be seeing other people and you can do the same. It's, you know, we'll just kind of, we'll figure out where we're comfortable and we'll have to be really open, you know, with each other and honest. And, and, um, and so I find when you lead with that, that's what you get, you know, a lot of times, I mean, every once in a while you attract a ding dong, but you know, that's going to (laughs) happen by sheer numbers. But, um, but so, you know, we just, we went, we saw each other for a while and then it got to the point where, you know, it, it was, it was a problem. The non-monogamy did become a problem. And so, you know, we had to, 
we had to stop, but we had a lot of, you know, we, we went a lot of places, traveled a lot of places. And then at the same time, you know, I was meeting other guys doing other things and, um, it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. How did, how did the non-monogamy become a problem in that, in that dynamic? It was jealousy. It was jealousy. Um, and I don't know that he had ever, he, he's just, you know, he's a real, very, you know, just very attractive, um, kind of alpha type guy. And I don't think he was used to a female being, I don't, I mean, and again, I hope I'm not reading it wrong, but you know, when I say like uh, that empowered, you know, that Mm -hmm. says, Hey, I, you can do your thing and I'll do mine. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, it's not going to bother me, you know? And he was saying that too, in the beginning, and maybe, maybe he thought as we went along, I felt like he believed he was going to change my mind about that. And I'm just a person that, you know, I mean what I say. And so, you know, I, I might have to repeat myself a little bit, but it's, I am pretty much going to stick with what I said. Um, and so once, once that, you know, once that little tension started to build that where he could tell, okay, well, she's not responding this way. So maybe I'll try, try to get her attention this way and this way. And it just got a little, you know, it just got a little odd to the point where he wanted to like look in my phone and read my text messages to, with other guys. And I was just like, you have, go- you have run yourself off in the ditch. That's, you know, like this isn't going to work. So, um, and you know, and I, I, I now with the experience that I have, I look at this stuff and I say, you know, emotion, the emotions that come up when you're doing, when you're this open, when you're, when you're free to be this open aren't bad. It's not that being jealous is bad. I don't think even jealousy is a bad word. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's natural if you care about someone, but it's the way you handle it. That's what, you know, that's what turns it. That's what turns things funky. So, um, you know, for sure. Yeah. I have a question about your bucket list because I will say one conversation that Emma and I have had for many years is like, I'll often be like, Hey, and this was, I would say earlier on would be like, Hey, we're, I'm interested in this. Like what, what types of things are you interested in? And a lot of times she's like, well, I don't know. I just don't even think about it. I'm so busy with work. So like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but for you to sit down and create a lengthy bucket list, or I've, we've talked to other people who they're just like, I don't even know. I don't even know what exists. So I don't even know what to put on this list, but you kind of show up coming out of a three and a half year dry spell and you're like, here's my list. I've got this list. So like, like how, how big was the list and like, where did the inspiration for the items on the list come from? Yeah. Well, so it's funny that you say that this is a problem because I think it is a problem. And I'm actually just building a little, like just a little free course for people. I hopefully will have it out in a couple of weeks, just, just so that you, I, I can help them do like exactly what I did. Like, here's where I got all my inspiration. Cause really it's not that hard, but the, the, yeah, I mean, at that point I was really kind of ground zero. So I, I was just like, n- nothing was appealing to me sexually at that, at that time. Right. And so I had to, I, where I really got a lot of inspiration was from, you know, p- 
Pornhub and YouPorn, and just follow me on this. I looked at like, they're, they're great with data. So you can go and find out kind of what the top searches are, what people are searching for. Or even if you just, you don't have to watch any porn, you can just put in a category, a name, start typing, and then you'll see like other things, subcategories come in below it. And it's really kind of like a brainstorming session, you know, where you just go, oh, well, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. So if anything was kind of interesting at all, if I wasn't, if I didn't go, ew, you know, then, then it was like, okay, just put it on there. Just, just make a big, you know, and then from there I started massaging that big list. And then, and then I would do a little, then I was doing a little more research, you know, a little more visual, like, let's see what this is all about. Is that hot? You know? And the more it was interesting because I, I found that the more I kind of went down that road and sort of, I don't even know if you want to say like reset your brain, but just got my brain focused on that, then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it wasn't hard, you know, like it was in the beginning, I was getting more creative and I was being more inspired and I was then noticing things, you know, all around. Like, uh, you know, I feel like once you, if you keep your mind focused on that set on the sexual stuff, you don't fall off into the, you know, the great abyss, like I did, (laughs) you know, if you just, just by, you know, little things. And I, and so I've kept my sex bucket list and I've modified it. And as I've scratched things off and added new things, because what I found is once you start all these other doors open, right. Cause I'm sure you guys know, you'll have an experience where you're like, you didn't really know you thought this sounded good, but it may have been a different aspect of that experience that really turned you on that you never really thought about before. And now you're like, Whoa, I want to do more of that. Let's, you know, and then there's little subcategories and offshoots and things like that. So once it gets going, there's so, so much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the, you know, what Finn described, I think was most pervasive very early on in our relationship. Um, And I think a lot of it had to do with society because we're not encouraged to, especially as females, uh, encouraged to explore, to think about sex. And that's not something that, you know, I was necessarily um, uh, encouraged to do at any point. And so it just, while I was definitely interested in it, it just, it's hard to feel like that's something that you should do. You should spend your time doing. Yeah. I, I know. Which I think is the bigger problem. That, that's the, that's the, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, completely. I, I couple things on that. I mean, I talk about that all the time, like ad nauseum. It's really the, you know, I just want to normalize this stuff. And, uh, when I came across you guys, that's what I really liked is that, you know, you're, our, our interests are aligned. You know, you're, you know, I feel like you guys are trying to trailblaze in this category too, where it's just like, it's just sex, you know, like, come Mm -hmm. on people. Why, why is this still such a big deal? Why, why are we still so repressed and quiet about it? And, and, and I just sort of changed, you know, I just decided that fuck it, you know, like I'm not going to be quiet about it or repressed anymore. And, you know, I am going to, take charge in the bedroom if I feel like I need to, or I will be, or I will try, you know, try out being submissive with a dominant man and, you know, just all this stuff that people think, oh, that's weird. That's, you know, anything that, that it doesn't have to do with vanilla, you know, gets, uh, just gets labeled weird. And even the vanilla stuff, it's like, well, we shouldn't really talk about it. And I'm like, why not? You know, it's, it's odd to me that 
if you think everybody sets goals in their life, business, you know, you want to lose weight, exercise more, you want to quit smoking, get rid of bad habits, look better, be more beautiful, slimmer, sexier, all this stuff. But you never say this year, I want to improve my sex life this year. I want to make my sex life a priority. And it just struck me that that was odd because our, you know, we're such sexual beings. I mean, it's, it's, it's such an important part of our lives. It's only the reason we're still here on this planet after all this time. Right. <laughs> right so, right. so I thought, huh, okay, well I just need to, I just got to turn this around, you know? And, um, so I'm with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes effort and intention. It, absolutely. And I think that's the thing that people, you know, at first it may seem a l- like a little bit of a turnoff, like, Oh, do I really have to work at it? Yes, you do get over it, but it's it's very rewarding. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, yeah. Just put a little effort in there and trust me, you know, it, it really builds on itself. That's, that's what I found. So once you get, start priming the pump, you're kind of, I don't know, you're always, you're always on, you know, it's not hard. I don't get, I don't get shut off anymore. Like I used to, you know, I can, I can certainly have my times where I'm like, Oh, I'm more focused on this, but it doesn't take much. And I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. All right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, are there any items on the list still that were part of the original list that like you haven't in like the last six and a half years, you yes. haven't been able to. to yes. Yeah? I'm going to tell the truth right now and shame the devil. I, <laughs> the one that this is so, this is my Achilles heel and I'm so em- not embarrassed about it, but it's, it's driving me bonkers. Um, I, I don't know why. And and if you've, if, you know, anybody that's listened to my podcast from like, I always tell people start from the beginning because it, because it's been this whole journey with me and gr- my, my own growth through it and relationships that people, the important relationships, heartbreak, all this, you know, things that have come and gone. And the one thing I cannot do, I haven't done yet is, which is so stupid, a threesome. <laughs> of, of any, of any flavor? Of any flavor. Of all the crazy stuff I have done, I've had my fist in a guy's ass, but I can't have a threesome. What is, <laughs> what is wrong with me? I, that's like running before you walk, you know? Right. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. And when it happens, it'll be totally worth the wait. Well, wait so have, have four sums or more sums happened and just like no. three is the unlucky number? No, it's, it's never been beyond a twosome. Okay. In any capacity. And uh, I don't know. I've, tr- uh, you know, I've, I've tried and every year I say, this is the year. And so again, I started like, this is the year, but I do have, I do have, um, I do actually have some really good opportunities. So I, you know, and I'm feeling more comfortable with it. I, and I don't know if it was that I was uncomfortable or it always, I would nitpick. I started to, I would nitpick one person or the other. It seems like. And, and I always, maybe because I was, I'm having a man brain, having a, having a thought here, maybe because I was always having such great sex with my partners that I just, you know, I was like, it was kind of, it was easy to say, okay, this isn't my total ideal. So no, because, and it's so great over here, just one-on-one, you know, with all these different, you know, with this person or that person. So what, you know, it's not like I have to make any concessions. Yeah. Yeah. If it's already great, then why? So in some ways, like why run the risk of like bringing somebody else or multiple other people in and, and throwing the whole thing 
off. Yeah. I do have an interesting story though, because I was with a guy that really, we had a lot of fun. We went to sex parties and, um, and just, I called him B E. I called he, I called him, uh, every, every guy I give, you know, I do everything anonymously and every guy I give them a nickname and his was B E, which is the boyfriend experience. And because he, it's, it, you know, he was totally like that, but he was uh, bisexual and he also, um, you know, was exploring, did his, you know, was exploring on the side and stuff. And we had said, Oh my gosh, it would be so great if, since you're bisexual, if we, let's find a guy. Cause I've always wanted a male. I mean, I want two men on me. Let's just be honest here. Like I want, I <laughs> want all that attention on me. And so, um, and so, um, I, I was like, this will be great. And then we ended up meeting this couple that was really, I mean, just beautiful, you know, like a beautiful couple. And I thought, okay, let's do, you know, we, we, we were kind of flirting and all that. And I thought, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to go with them. And then when we made a, when we was like, he said, let's make a plan. And I, and I said, you know, or could you do it this time? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not available. Why don't you go ahead? I sort of like sneakily kind of was like, no, no, don't worry. Just you go ahead and do it. You know, like you can go, go be with them and tell me all about it and get me excited and tell me all the details and then we'll schedule another time. And I just never, you know, he did, he did do that. And it was hot to hear about it. And and I loved getting all the details, but, um, I don't know. I just, then I just couldn't do it. And, um, and so that didn't work out. And, and then I just kept kind of trying along the way. And every time somebody would get me to that point, I'd be like, I'd find an excuse not to, and, or like, well, she's hot, but he's not, or, you know, like I was, <laughs> I don't, it's maybe I'm being too picky. Maybe, you know, you guys have some advice for me on that. Um, I don't know. Like, do, do you have to be equally attracted to both people? <laughs> My advice is actually uh, to do exactly what you're doing. Be picky because yeah, yeah. part of our problem early on was we were, we kind of, you kind of get into this mindset that like, well, this could happen tonight but it might never ever happen again. So like, well, we should just go through, go for it, power through. It doesn't matter if somebody's taking one for the team or it's uncomfortable. And then we would find ourselves in some really uncomfortable situations that we right. wish we hadn't gone through with. And so I think as we've gotten more experience, like being pickier has really been critical for us to like continue enjoying it. Because there are a lot of times where like, if we like look back through, like, coming out of these experiences be like, why were we, why, why are we still doing this? Because like they were not good experiences. And so I think being picky and, and yeah. holding out for that experience, I, I don't think that's a bad way to go. Yeah. That's my, my two cents on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that'd be my, my advice as well. It's just, it's okay to wait. And I mean, at the, at the same time, I can also understand where it just maybe causes some anxiety. And so it's easy to keep pushing off. Yeah, And so I think you, if, if the opportunity presents itself, really just evaluate, like, am I pushing this off because I'm scared and like, just I've like, it makes me a little anxious and I'm nervous or is it because I really don't want to do it? And asking yourself that question, um, can be helpful too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of anxiety in there. I don't think it's that I don't want to do it. I also, but I also think there's a little bit of fear, like, what if it's just, what if I flop at it? There's a lot to coordinate. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
I know men. I really know men. You know, I feel like I feel like I'm a good lover. You know, no, but I'm like, how is that going to translate to a woman? You know, and I, you know, and I'm like, oh my god, what if I'm bad or, and I don't really know if I want to go down on her. And you know, like, I, I, I mean. I think initially I'm like, no, but she can do it to me. Of course, I'm like being selfish. And I'm like, please put, again, I like, let's have all the attention on me the first time, please. So I can have my (laughs) ideal experience. (laughs) I think another important piece of advice too, is if you do, I mean, decide to do this at any point, make sure expectations are set up front. Yeah. So that's like, so such a big game changer so that, you know, Hey, I'm nervous about this. I put put the out, awkward out there, yeah, because it is going to be awkward. There's really no way around that. Um, yeah. There's going to be awkward moments, and calling them out and saying like, "Okay, well, you know, I'm not sure about this, or I'm a little nervous about that, or I want to do this," and having those conversations ahead of time make them go so much smoother than not having those. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I agree with that for sure. Um, <laughs> And so, so you have, so part of your bucket list or maybe was part of the bucket list, but you haven't explored necessarily your sexuality with women or, or other genders other than male. Is that, did did I catch that correct? That is correct. Yeah. I would, I totally would love to, like, I I just haven't, you know, I mean, it's all hot and erotic to me. Like when I, I, I can watch that porn and I can visual or just play that play something in my mind and have it be a big turn on. Um, I just haven't been able to bring it to light yet. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's only six years in. You got plenty of time. <laughs> I, know. I know, but I feel like I wasted three and a half years. So I'm just like, ah, maybe that's part of my pressure. It's just like, oh, yeah, geez, you're really, you were burning daylight girl. You know, you <laughs> need to get, get after it. But um, yeah. 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 I'm I'm curious. So you kind of when you stopped your three and a half year uh, dry spell and kind of jumped into dating, you were upfront about being non-monogamous. Had you been non-monogamous before your three and a half year dry spell? Had or when did you kind of learn about that? Well, let me think about that. Well, I'm saying when I when I was in a relationship with someone, I was always monogamous. Um, and, and it never even came up to not be when I was dating, when I'd have just stints of dating casually, then, I mean, I don't know if you, since you're not in a relationship with somebody, would you consider that non-monogamous? I don't really know where the line is, but I was always open with guys. I was just casually dating that, Hey, I'm going to, you know, you can do what you want and I can do what I want. And I always if I wasn't set on one person, you know, I always just found that worked well for me. And I, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. I think, you know, that would be back, you know, back then it might just be more like people just didn't talk about it as much, but I always felt like, no, I'm going to tell you what's going on. You know, that way we don't have to have any awkward conversations. And, um, I, I, back then, you know, I found when just when I was in my, you know, this was in my, this would have been in my twenties. I I just found like, that was really guys. It was kind of shocking to them because it felt like that was their sort of secret game plan (laughs) that that, that's how they operated, but they weren't upfront about it. And then when, and then when, you know, you were upfront about it, 
they kind of didn't know what to do with that. You know, it was like, oh, okay. You know, and then, and then they really, then they, then they were really interested. It seemed like, and I don't, I don't, wouldn't say, I don't even know if it's because they really liked me or just, they just could, they were like, how can it be? You know, <laughs> like that she's not falling all over herself to just be with me. Like, you know, like everyone else is trying to lock it down and she's just like, nope, let's just have a good time. And, and, you know, and we'll see each other when we can. And, you can be Wednesday guy or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And and so throughout, throughout the six years, have you found yourself in a situation where you're like, you know, this experiment's gone on long enough. I found the, I found the new, the one, and we're going to sort of lock this down and, and, you know, end it and just sort of, you mean be monogamous, Yeah, be monogamous with this person. And we're going to, we're going to go on this journey together now. Oh, I have had, I mean, I have had that happen with, partners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we, but except that I now know, you know, my, again, my, you know, my assumption in the beginning was I was going to do this for a year and then I would just return Mm -hmm. to the person I was before. But that person really just doesn't exist anymore. I mean, there's so much, you know, like I've changed and grown and my mind's expanded and I'm like, Oh, this, you know, just all, everything that it's taught me has been amazing. And I now know that I, my preference would be in a relationship would be to be non-monogamous. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I do have, uh, one partner that, you know, I think I'll probably end up with, but he's totally fine with, um, he, 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 it's, he likes it, you know, he's into it. And, um, and he doesn't, he doesn't go out and really do anything on the side, which he can, Uh, but he just, it's a big turn on for him. And we have a little bit of an age difference. He's a little bit older. So he just, I don't know. He, you know, he really, it's interesting to understand when somebody really cares about you that they want the, they want what's best for you. So he really, it makes him happy, you know, that I'm happy or that I can go out and have great sex and have, and he, doesn't bother him that I have other relationships. It's just like, you know, you reserve the, the, the love relationship for one, you know, that one person, you know, that's like your primary and, um, you know, and the rest can be really great relationships with great people. It's just, you know, you kind of have one person that's, that's the one. Yeah. 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 Um, do you mind describing what your relationship structure is right now, just to kind of provide context? Okay. So right now I, I moved, um, from California to Florida back in the summer. And so, and I really kind of, um, threw a wrench into (laughs) one of my, one of my big long-term relationships. Um, and we're just trying to fit, you know, we're sorting it out. Um, I, I'm enjoying kind of the being here and the, you know, and, and, and the break. And, um, so I'm definitely just single footloose, fancy free, you know, and up for having, I'm, I'm really open. I guess that's the thing. Like, you know, I don't, I, I used to say, like, if I had a nickel for every time I said, I will never, uh, you know, and I've got it recorded on my podcast. Now I laugh. Cause I'm like, well, shit, you know, you, how many times have you said, I won't do this, or I don't like that, or nah, and <laughs> then it turns out it'll, it'll end up being my favorite thing. So, 
you know, one of the things I've learned from this whole experience is just like, you know, just, just stay open-minded. You don't really know. I mean, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm open to all, I'm really open to all things, relationships, cat, you know, however casual or however serious, you know, I, I'm not scared by anything and I won't ever feel like, I don't think I'll ever feel like I, I, I'm pigeonholed, you know, like people say, I don't want to get locked down or that kind of thing. I'm like, well, if you're with the right person and you're allowed to explore together and separately or, or whatever you two agree on, then you should never feel like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, sort of along those lines, like you said, coming out of, you know, it was going to be a year, you hit the year mark and you're like, uh, yeah, we're not done. Like we need to keep going. What were some of the, maybe the big revelations that came out of that year? You said like, you weren't that person anymore. Like what were the big, the big changes you saw in yourself that really drove you to keep going? I, well, I, I had said, you know, like I said at the start here, when you, when you kind of, when you, when one door opens, there's like 10 more behind it. When I finished that year, I just realized like, holy shit, I have just scratched the surface. There's so many more things I want to experience and try. And, and I had these ongoing relationships at that point that, you know, I didn't want to give up, you know, and I wanted like, let's just, let's just ride the wheels off this thing. Let's see how far we can go with it. And also the podcast too, because I was still telling people, yeah, after a year, I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to shut it down. But then it really caught on and people were like, don't, don't, you know, like we want you to keep, (laughs) please keep stimulating us with your story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, yeah, so I just, I wanted to keep going with it. And I, you know, as long as I'm enjoying it and have a good time with it and, 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 and getting something out of it, then I'll just keep, you know, going. I mean, I assume the, I, I assume at this point, my, um, desire for fun, interesting, non-vanilla sex with multiple partners is going to continue. It's, it's, it's stuck. Yeah. It's pretty much stuck. But, uh, I always want that. I'd always like to have the option, you know, to do that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be, I don't, I'd have a hard time settling with someone that said, this could never be a part of our relationship. Um, yeah. cause I just don't, I just don't, for me, I don't know how realistic that is anymore. You know, it's strange yeah. because it's really strange. And I know a lot of people that are, that are monogamous cannot fathom this and, it just, um, you know, when you are with the right person, it just doesn't take away from, it's not detrimental to what you have. And I think that's, right. that's the big perception, you know, like everybody's feeling like you got to hold on so tight. You're, but you end up strangling each other, you know? And, um, yeah. 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 Have, have you come up against any challenges like in this time you said like the first guy ended oh, up man, getting you stole my question. All right. You got, you <laughs> no, 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 go, go for it. It happens. It happens. So yeah, like the challenges along the way for you, like your first, that first guy you said got a little jealous. Like, have you seen that? Well, or and in, obviously not having a threesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if that's your biggest problem in life, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What have I run against? I mean, oh, there's been, I mean, there's, 
as you're out there just dealing with people in general, you know, I mean, you're going to run across all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, people not being honest about their circumstances. Um, I, you know, had a guy that said he was single. He was not, you know, just that kind of stuff. I, over, you know, when I started, I was ignorance on fire and I just, and I tend to be very trusting. I'll just, I just automatically trust you until, you know, you give me a reason not to, you know, I kind of just, that's how I operate. I don't want to be, I feel like the other way is just too pessimistic, you know? And so I'm like, well, some people are going to take advantage of that, but so what, you know, you'll very quickly figure it out and, you know, boom, they're gone. And then just, and, and, and then, and then, you know, the jealousy that coming up, um, I, I, when that happened, I was really disappointed and, you know, it hurt my feelings because the way he was acting, you know, was, you you know, he was kind of acting out and, and then being kind of mean to me, you know, and just kind of being a dick to me, you know, because he was, couldn't get the result out of me that he wanted. So he would try this way. That didn't work. He tried this way. So it was like, well, let me see if I can manipulate the situation. Let me see if I can try to talk down to her and make her feel bad. Let me see if I can get in her phone, you know, just weird little things. And I felt kind of like, wait a minute, you know, a little betrayed, like, Hey, I was, I have been hundred percent honest from go about what I want. And, you know, I really thought that you said you were on the same page. I thought you were on the same page. I've never held anything back. And, um, you know, and to turn around and kind of throw it in my face, like I'm a bad person because I don't want to settle down. He was like, well, don't you want to be, you, you know, are you going to be alone for the rest of your life? And uh, I mean, just like, guilty. <laughs> so, no, that's actually the plan. I'm not going to like, be alone at all. <laughs> oh my God. You know, like literally I was, I, I just didn't know how to take it in the beginning. But again, it's one of those things that I've really, um, you know, learn so much about people's behaviors and their hangups and, you know, when, it, especially as it relates to relationships and sex. And mm-hmm. so now I just, the minute I catch wind of it, you know, I just very, it's very easy for me to say, look, I can tell this just isn't going to work and I wish you the best. And, you know, we can be friends, but we're not, we can't continue on a, you know, on a physical relationship because it's not in line with what I need right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, being honest and upfront about your uh, boundaries there, like that's super important. Yeah. Um, and so, and then just, I've also had some weird stalkers, really weird stalkers. <laughs> um, and, and people will, and I feel bad, you know, when somebody, you meet someone and you're seeing them and it's new and, but all of a sudden it's like, they're just, they feel this very, they feel that they're rom- very much romantically, you know, stuck on you and you're the one and it gets kind of smothering and, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a fine line. And again, it's like, I look at that stuff and I go, you know, that's just how they feel. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't try not to make them feel bad. I mean, and I am appreciative when some, always when someone's honest with me and, um, and so you just have to be really good at, again, sticking firm with knowing what your boundaries are and really honoring those. Cause it would be easy to say, well, he's okay. Well, maybe I could just try, let's just try it. Let's just try being in a relationship or whatever. When you just, you already knew, you know, you said going into it, that's not what you wanted. So, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. As you've navigated, um, I guess the last six and a half years or however long it's been, um, how have you kept yourself physically and sexually, uh, safe throughout that journey? Yeah. Good question. Um, I definitely, again, first of all, communication, you have to trust that the other person, you know, you, we have to use protection. We have to use, you know, we have to be as smart about it as we can. Also with that being said, there's really, I mean, unless you're going to abstain, there's nothing that's a hundred percent effective. So that's just something, but everybody that that has sex, you know, has to realize that. So, um, yeah, you You have to evaluate your own risk level. Correct. And tolerance. You have to be, yeah, you have to be, and, and, you know, and again, if you can't communicate, you know, this is where, this is one area you don't want to not be able to communicate with. And, um, I did just, uh, I'll tell the story. I, I, I think it was year one. It might've been year two. I, I think it was year one. I did an episode, I called it ugly fucking. And what had happened was, um, you know, it's common for guys to kind of like catfish, you know, women, you hear about women doing it, but guys do it a lot too. And I have, you know, when I'm meeting people and, um, especially on the internet, you know, I, I have a kind of a, you know, a, a safety protocol standards that I follow. And the one time that I broke from that, um, I, I totally regretted it. And I talked about it on the show because I wanted to, you know, have it be a warning to people. You know, I, I usually like to talk to somebody on the phone, hear their voice, um, or, you know, and, and, and then meet them for just, you know, for a coffee or something casual Mm -hmm. where there's no expectation that that meeting is going to lead to sex. It's just, you know, let's just show up. Let's just see if there's chemistry. I don't expect anything from you. You don't expect anything from me. If we don't like each other, no big deal. And then if we do, you know, from there, we just kind of decide what the next step is. And, um, And so that's kind of like my qualification process and it's worked really well. Well, the one time I deviated from that, I ended up talking to this guy for a long time. He said he was a doctor, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then, um, I went straight to, you know, meeting him for a sexual encounter and it was in a hotel and, you know, the door closed and, it was like, he did not look like he was, it was him, but he was older than he said he was. And he also noticed he had an old iPhone. I'm like, no, doctors do not have old outdated iPhones. I'm no, they do not. I'm sorry because they use their phones when they're in the hospital and they have to have like the most current technology. Cause they have a lot of also hospital software and things like that patient stuff on there. You know I'm like? Oh no, this is wrong. And he was just on me and kissing me so fast. And I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And so I sat there and I was put in this awkward situation and I was, you know, kissing him and then we're on the bed and, you know, and then he's going down on me. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you can do that. You know? <laughs> I'm like, cause I don't have to see your face. And he actually was decent at it, but then he jumped up and tried to just um, you know, put his dick inside me and he didn't have a condom on. I was like, wait a minute. Well, you know, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so, you know, I made him put one on. Well, I got an STD from him. So, you know, um, fortunately, you know, uh, I, uh, was able to take care of that with some medication, you know, with some penicillin or whatever, but it was like, that's the first time that's ever happened. I've never had, you know, I was like up to that point in my life, I'd never had an STD and it was really, 
sobering, you know, in the, just in like for, for on so many levels for why, you know, you really have to, again, be solid in who you are. And if someone doesn't want to follow the protocol that you're comfortable with, don't let them talk their way around it because there's just Mm -hmm. not anything good waiting for you on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be confident and you have to Mm -hmm. speak up even when it's, even in situations when it's hard. I know. And so I, and, and I felt a lot of, I felt really kind of ashamed of myself. Like, Oh my God. Like, cause I am a very, um, strong, you know, like business, I'm like a a pitbull in panties when it comes to business and stuff like I don't take any crap and I have no problem just putting that hat on. And, and, but you know, there's something about, you know, I think there's, there's still also a lot of, you know, female tendencies to just be, to acquiesce and just be accommodating. And even when you're, and it seems like you counterintuitive, like you wouldn't do it in that moment where you, you, you didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings, but literally I was like, well, okay. You know, I guess I'll just have sex with this guy, get it over with and get out of here, you know? And, and, and it's awful, you know? And I'm like, that's why I did the episode. That's why I was like, I'm going to call myself out on this. This is not going to happen again. And I hope that it helps someone else, you know, if they find themselves in that moment or, or pick up on the early warning signs, if someone's pushing around what you're comfortable in before you even meet, you know, no, that's just a big no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, first, I'm so sorry that like that happened. Oh like that's not a fun way. Like that's super scary. And, and thank you for sharing like the vulnerability on that. Like we appreciate that. Yeah. And it's, I think it is, like you said, it's a sobering story that like, yeah, it's been a hell of a lot of fun, but like you also have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I've definitely yeah. had, it's not been all flowers and sunshine, you know, I've had like that, that was just not one of my shining moments, but um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Yes. Thank you so much for sharing, sharing that and the vulnerability there. I, you know, you have your podcast and so you're pretty out there with your stories, yes. um, but how, how has it gone with navigating, I guess, your journey with your friends and family as well? Well, um, so I stay anonymous and I know you guys do too. And that's one of the things that, um, I kind of st- after this long, you know, I did it initially because I just thought this is just going to be a year, you know, and there's no reason to, announce it. Um, you're going to be, you're in, you're out, you know, it's like a drive by. Um, but now it's really like, it's a part of my life. And so, um, so the people that are closest to me know, and I hope they don't, I mean, it's a little embarrassing when I think like, Oh my God, is somebody that like, is a, a good girlfriend of mine listening to me talk about, you know, the dildo <laughs> I used or, or how this guy really gave it to me. <laughs> you know, it's easier to, when you're, when you know, you're just talking to random people out there in the world uh, and they don't know you and you don't know them. But, um, I, I think about, you know, am I, I struggle with them now? Am I part of the problem? Because, you know, my big bugaboo is why is this such a big deal? You know, and why shouldn't I be able to talk about this? And why shouldn't I be able to show my face and who I am? And why should I have to worry about backlash because I am sex positive? Mm -hmm. But the truth is I do because I, I'm real, I'm a realist and I know what, you know, I know what, 
happens to people. And, um, you know, it's, I've seen it. I have seen it firsthand. uh, Somebody in my community who, uh, not, not quite the same story. She isn't, she had an OnlyFans and, um, you know, she got banned from, um, from our church, you know, and I, I'm Catholic. I like going, I mean, I'm multifaceted. I can have a spiritual life and also a smoking hot sex life. Hey, I have the bandwidth. Okay. And you know, like, why should I be pigeonholed? But, but, you know, and then the backlash that like her kids got, you know, they kicked her kids out of, of the Catholic school because of it. And they didn't do anything wrong, but it's just like, you know, there's, you don't, it really kind of sobered me up to the fact that, well, you belong to different organizations. And when they're private, if you do anything that doesn't meet that they don't like, or that they feel is a good reflection of them for any reason, you can be kicked out, you know? And so I don't know. I just, I'm struck. I, you know, I'm always on the fence with, do I just stop hiding with it? Cause it's really not that big of a deal and it isn't, but, uh, I guess there's a part of me that really worries about that small percentage that would make it a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's totally understandable. And we get that battle, uh, a hundred percent, you yeah. know, it, it's baked into the name of our podcast is to normalize it. And yeah. we keep a, we keep a layer yeah, of anonymity. And so we understand that as well. Yeah. Um, but, and I think like expressing the like amount of gratitude we have for people who are completely out and open and they share like it's, it takes, I mean, for some people, I think maybe it takes less courage because it just for them, it's not that big of a deal, but for some of us, it's a harder barrier to cross. Yeah. And, and I totally respect that yeah. and, and understand that. Yeah. So everyone's situation is a little different. Right. right? Exactly. Yep. Totally. Yeah. 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 And everyone can handle it however they want to. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to like harp on the list, but I have a question about the list. <laughs> Go for it. So, yes. So in terms of like, you kind of went through this, like just brainstorming, like we'll just throw a whole bunch of stuff at the list and see what happens. Was there, was there anything on the list that you kind of put on there and you were like, eh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll put it on there. And then it like blew you away and you're like, yep, that's, that's now like, that's going to be cemented in the list for forever versus like something that you were like, I have to do this. This is going to be the most amazing thing ever. And you did it and you were like, huh, well, that was a bit of a letdown. Yes. Yes to both. Okay. So <laughs> the first thing I thought that was going to be, um, that I just thought, oh, I'm just going to experiment with this. I just want to try it. I wasn't really like passionate about it. Um, or, you know, I just thought I'm going to do it because it's kind of in vogue right now. Let me try some BDSM. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought, you know, I could, could do a little handcuffs, spanking, maybe a little slapping, whatever, you know, um, bondage and, um, but nothing, you know, like I don't want to be beaten up or have any piercings or any, you know, any like the, the, it goes, there's, that's a <laughs> talk about a big going down a big rabbit hole. There's so much into that. And, you know, and I just, I kind of, I really misunderstood it. I didn't understand it. And, um, and then, so I found a guy that, um, I wanted somebody with experience to help kind of lead me through it, you know, and show me some things. And, uh, as it turns out, it is like 
to be submissive with a good dominant is my absolute favorite thing ever. It's just blown doors off of anything and everything I've ever done. It's this crazy, crazy connection, the hyperstimulation. And I always thought I'm a type A, I run my own ship you know, I'm not submissive at all. You know, I mean, I really thought it was the opposite of that. And what I realized is, yes, that's outside of the bedroom. Yes. Inside of the bedroom, when I'm with a, when I'm with a, a man, I want the man to be a man. Like that's my big thing. And so I just, oh, yes. <laughs> it's like, it's the best. Um, so that, that just, that was something I never saw coming. And the relationship I ended up having with that person was amazing. Lasted that lasted three and a half years and, um, just incredible. Um, the one thing I thought that I'd really be into was, uh, and I don't know why, but I just said, Oh, this, I'm, I'm going to love this. This is, I'll be in my element was like going to sex parties and, um, I, cause I thought, you know, I, I do have this sort of like, I don't get shy. Like I don't mind eyes on me. I, you know, I do, I've said before, like, Oh, you know, put the, all the attention on me. You know, like I, I do like that, you know, it makes me feel good. And, um, and so I just thought I would, I'll love to go to these sex parties and with a, with a partner and meet random people and, touch and do whatever is comfortable and this will be hot and exciting. And what I realized was it's not like an eyes wide shut type of thing. I mean, that's what I really thought. I really thought it was going to be like that. And then you roll up and it's really just normal people, you know, and mm -hmm. it's not a Hollywood set, you know, it's not big and beautiful. And, and I mean, you can search out events like that, but they're, you know, you really have to search them out just the average stuff, which is, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, it's, I mean, the first one I went to, you know, they, they had like a buffet, like it was a, you know, they had like cocktail wieners and chili going. And I was like, isn't that going to make you <laughs> bloat? Like, why would you? <laughs> right? Yeah. Am, I, am I at a sex party I'm or a Super Bowl party? I'm not talking about. Like, we do not want to, like, I don't want to, like, no. a burrito belly. Like, oh, this is no. <laughs> Chili? Like, right? But no. No. I'm like, this is so counterintuitive. Anyway, so I went there. I did. I went to one with B.E. and what I, and then we went into this, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on, couples approaching us. And then we went into this one room and people were just having sex everywhere. They weren't having sex with each other, just having sex with their partners. And I, like, that's what I originally thought would be hot just to be in a room like where we're having sex and you could look over your shoulder and there's someone else and you know, you, but you're, you're keeping to yourself. But when I got there, I kind of realized like, I didn't even really want to do that per se. So he got a really good blow job that night. But I, what I realized came out of that, what I realized was as I was doing that to him, people were stopping and watching. I liked the voyeuristic thing. I liked to be watched in that capacity. I didn't want anybody, I didn't need anybody touching or joining. And I just, I never, because people always say, oh, are you into voyeurism? I'm like, nah, nah, not so much. You know, like I really didn't know that that was my thing. And that's kind of one of the things I was saying earlier, you know, where you go into an experience and you're thinking you're, you're there for X and it turns out you stumble on Y and then that really gets you going and open. Mm -hmm. Now you're like, Ooh, here we go. We just opened another door. I got to, now I really got to start exploring this. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so the voyeurism stuff, I really, that kind of took off that, you know, like, I like, I like to be watched with a partner. Yeah. 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 I think that's to your point about the, the sex parties just sort of being like any other party, but now there's sex. Like I know you guys are like shitting all over the chili, but I see myself like at the end of the night, like I'm just like, where the hell is Finn? And I'm over there eating a bowl of chili. I got, no, I could see that. I could see that happening to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say I would eat the chili at the sex party, I'm, you know, maybe towards the end of the night, you know, if I'm in recovery. I don't know. There's, I, there's a quote in there. So I'm like, don't eat sex party chili or why you should, you know, it's like, you know, like, or maybe how we start stereotyping certain guys. Okay. No, he's a sex party chili eater. We don't, we avoid those types. (laughs) Maybe that's what's going on. (laughs) I've got a reputation. There's just smarter foods to have at a sex party. I I understand. I'm saying like as a recovery food, there's, there's a lot of good protein and energy in there. It's heavy. I mean, you just exerted yourself assumedly, right? Like why, I mean, why not? Can we eat clean? Sure. <laughs> that seems more into like the chili seems counterintuitive. It's like let's have some great tasting, healthy options. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe that's the California girl in me, but yeah. <laughs> now I'll never eat chili at a sex party. That's right. You're this gonna... podcast ruined it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna have to. I'm really. I don't mean to. I. I don't like to sh- to shame anybody, but I might. You know, I might be. I might have to raise an eyebrow to that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'll recover. I'll recover yeah. eventually. Um, um, uh, well, did you have a follow-up question? Well, no, I was just going to say, too, like, to your point, though, about being sort of type A in your business life and then really leaning into the submissive side in the bedroom. I think that's something we we come across somewhat often, and, and it's a fairly common, like, you know, you, you hear, like, the, the businessman who's, like, just, like, a hard ass and, you know, CEO of this huge company and then... Yeah. And at night he likes to go and get like tied up and whipped by a dom. And like, it's sort of like uh, the shift of like, Hey, I have to be this person in this world, Yeah. but I don't want to be that person all the time. And so like sex is a place they can go and like let go of all of that power and control and just like give that up. So I think that's not super uncommon. Yeah. Oh no, I know. But I didn't, again, you know, you, you, you know, you you think about that, those ideas and concepts mm-hmm. as they apply to other people and yep, right, sure. Sure. right. <laughs> I wasn't judging it. I just like, well, that's just other people. You know, I absolutely did not see myself with those characteristics, but my dominant did like, he saw it right away. And I was like, I don't get it, but you know, I mean, he did, you know, he, he just, he, he got it. And so, uh, luckily enough, like I did, I was able to find somebody excellent, you know, in a sea of, there's a lot of fake dominance. They don't understand what it's about. They don't understand that it's about rules and boundaries. They don't understand that the submissives in control and, you know, there's, there's a lot of wing nuts that can gravitate towards this area because, you know, they feel like it's just getting a woman to serve, you know, and that it's just, it couldn't be far. I mean, like the memes and stuff you see on whatever, you know, that are out there, it, it, that's really just a very poor representation, um, of what it's about. So you kind of just 
be open-minded. That's what I tell people. Just be open-minded. Yeah. 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 I imagine that through your journey, you've had quite a few, I guess, maybe fun experiences that maybe didn't go quite as planned. So I wanted to see if you could share one or two bloopers that you've had just to show that maybe sex doesn't, sex or even just relationships doesn't have to be all sex. Um, just yeah. doesn't necessarily go as, as we always want it to. Yeah, yeah I got you. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, along with my experimentation sexually, of course, I'm now experimenting with different types of sex toys and all this kind of fun stuff. And um, at the time, my dominant wanted, you know, was like helping me pick stuff out. And and I, he said, you should get a butt plug. And you know, and I was like, all right, I didn't really see the point, but again, I was open-minded. I'm like, you know, he knows some, he's, he's been right about some things. So I'll, you know, I'm going to do this. And, um, and of course this is back in the beginning. Now I've got a whole set, you know, like (laughs) how big do I want to go, um, today, you know, like what's, what am I in the mood for? Um, but so in the very beginning, I just got like an extra small cause I'd never used one. And so the stem was really small you know, the, the little jewel was probably like the size of a dime. It was just super tiny. And we, um, you know, I was going to, uh, meet him. And so I was flying out to see him and I took that with me and, you know, we're having, we always had just long, great sex. Like, you know, we never had short, we would have quickies every once in a while, but usually when we had sex, it's like, we were in it to win it. It was, we went the long, you know, we, we, we took the long route. We took our time. And, um, so, but you know, very vigorous being all these different positions. So, um, you know, I put my butt plug in and, you know, then we're done. I get up to go to the bathroom and, you know, I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm like, where's my butt plug? I thought, did it come out? You know, cause you're bent up, you know, I mean, you get, your legs are up, they're all over the place. And I thought, oh my God. And then I like reach around, it's stuck up inside me and I'm going, oh, how am I going to get this out? How am I going to get this out? And it's, it's, it's a really odd angle. You know, the way I was like sitting on the toilet trying to reach around, I couldn't quite hunch, like, like, like do like a gargoyle hunch over and try to get it from the front or, you know, or reach around from the back. And I just couldn't get the leverage. I could feel it, but I just couldn't get a hold of it. Like get my knuckles. I could get my fingertips, but not all the way to where I needed to go grab it. And I'm like, oh my, any, okay, a few more seconds. I'm going to have to call him in a panic. Like get this thing out of me. Well, I finally, I finally was able to, I don't know, somehow stretch. Thank, thank you, yoga, you know, like stretch just a little bit farther in a really awkward position and get it. Um, and I, I did, I got it out. And because every position that's like, if I wasn't in the right position, it would kind of suck up more, you know? So anyhow, I got it out. <laughs> And I was just like, okay, this one apparently now is too small. I no longer have a virgin anus. I have got to admit the truth and it's time to size up. You know? and so I, I got more, I got more uh, careful about what I bought, making sure that the jewel, the stem, you know, and, and the jewel is big enough, like it's not going to get sucked up in there. So I wish somebody would have told me that. <laughs> but, yeah. I just... 
I had this image. I don't know if you're a Friends fan, but when Ross has to try to put the leather pants back on and he's sweating and he's in the bathroom and he's calling yes. Joey and he's like, I can just see you like, it's stuck up in there. I can't I get a hold like, of it. It won't come out. I didn't even, like, he's in bed, you know, in the other room. And I'm like, I didn't have a phone a friend. Like, who could I call right now <laughs> discreetly to help me get a butt plug out of my butt? It's not supposed to be up in there, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, that's amazing. Well, I'm glad you got it out. Yeah, I know. Me too. Thank goodness. <laughs> I guess this is just how we do life now. I just have this thing in me. I mean, oh God! I'm like, because could you imagine how embarrassing? Like going to the ER. I'm sure they have. Some- oh, they, I'm sure they see it all the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, he would have been. He he had long fingers. He would have been able to get it. But if I was, I'm sure he could have. He could have gotten it. But I, I I did. I just wanted to avoid the humiliation. Like, okay, because he would have laughed. I mean, he. I would have not heard the end of it. So. I told him after the fact, but you know, just it, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have lived that down if he was the one retrieving it. So, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, th- thank you for that. Yeah. And, and thank you for, I mean, uh, all the conversation today. Like, we really appreciate it. And we wanted to give you an opportunity, first of all, like, if there's anything we haven't asked you about that you wanted to talk about. And second, to tell us all a bit more about your podcast and the work you're doing. And I know you've you've sprinkled it in throughout, but like, yeah, like give it a good plug. Yes. Too soon for too soon for plug jokes. <laughs> no, I, oh, got it. Ba-boom. Okay. Um, that's actually perfect timing. Okay. So yeah, guys, thank uh, well again, thank you for having me and you know, and introducing me to your wonderful audience. Thank you so much. I know it's like, uh, when you bring someone on, you know, it's kind of like you're introducing them to your family a little bit. Like these are your, these are your people. So I'm, I'm honored to be here and I uh, just want to let everyone know if they want to reach out to me, they can find me at the curiousgirldiaries.com. From there, you can do all kinds of fun stuff. You can follow me on social media. Just scroll down to the bottom of my homepage and all my links will be there. And if you like this episode or you have any specific questions for me, you can always leave me a voicemail. I love getting feedback from my listeners. Voicemail is my favorite way to do it. Like I said, I got the gift of gab. You can leave me a message up to five minutes. Just click on the pink tab on the right-hand side, let it rip. And I will usually get back to you personally within 72 hours. So it's kind of fun. We can have a conversation. And like I said, it's, um, it's not yet completed, but within the next few weeks I should have just, it's just a freebie little, uh, introductory course. So you can, if you want to know how to put a sex bucket list together and I can, you know, give you some good ideas on how I did it and where to go. And also there's kind of some, I, I'll, I'll leave a little teaser. There's like real specific ways to, um, manipulate uh, your search engine to come up and produce, uh, results that you didn't know were there. Like you think you're looking for something. And if you, if you do this one thing and I show you in the video, um, then a bunch of different of, of the top most popular searches that relate to that will pop up. And so it just gives you even more ideas. So you don't have to all, you, you know, maybe if you've only got three keywords from there, you'll probably get like a hundred ideas. So, uh, and you can just kind of start at it from that way, but, um, yeah. Awesome. There you go. Well, thank you for all of that. And thank you for a lovely conversation as well today. Um, we're excited to, uh, share your story on our platform and yeah, hopefully get you some more listeners too. Oh yes. Thank you. I have, I have one quick disclaimer that I think I'm like your strategy for finding these, like using the search engine on porn sites to like 
generate these ideas is fantastic. My only thought would be be careful about when you click on it to be like, oh, what is this one? And then you watch a video like those are porn people doing porn things. So your experience may be quite a bit different than what the porn people make it look like. Your, That's, your disclaimer is porn's not real sex. Not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily all the time. It is not. But I think it's a fantastic way to get the ideas and then just be yeah. a little like maybe watch five different videos and see if they're all like crazy. Like or maybe porn doesn't always relay sure. like what <laughs> sex can be like in real life. <laughs> That's true. And as a side note, again, if anybody, if you're near listeners want to check out my podcast, the Curious Girl Diaries podcast, um, which again, you can link to it on my site or any major syndicator of podcasts. I have a three-part series that's come out um, that I've, where I've been interviewing a a ex-porn star for 20, he was a porn star for 20 years. And we go into depth about, you know, what porn really is and what it isn't. So, um, very, he's a very, very interesting, articulate, very, uh, wonderful to have on and, um, just lots of great insight about porn in general. And then of course, hot stuff, you know, but the ins and outs of it. So if anybody wants to check those, uh, check that out, they're, they're up on my site. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Check that out for sure. Cause I get, I get fascinated by the behind the scenes stuff, like what's really happening, right? Like this scene probably was, I've asked him. it looks yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I I'm excited for yeah. that. So thank you. You're welcome. For that. Thank you for your work. And we can't wait to do it again. So yes. have a have a fantastic day, Layla. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And we're back. A huge thank you to Layla for coming on the show and sharing your story. We had a wonderful time talking to you and can't wait to get this out there. Also, a quick reminder, go check out Layla's podcast, The Curious Girls Diaries podcast, and all of her work. We will also be making an appearance on her podcast soon, so go check it out. Yes, and we just wanted to do one more quick reminder. If you're interested in community, head over to the website, click on the Patreon tab, and you'll learn more about how to join the Patreon community, and you will see all of the dates and ways to sign up for our virtual and in-person events coming up in March and in April. Yes. Also, just a quick reminder, there are two events are this week. That's like this week, so go sign up. You can, when is it? This week. This week? Fly, just fly to San Francisco tomorrow, Thursday, March 24th, and come join us for a meet and greet, or on Saturday, on March 26th, for the pole dance class. It's that easy. It's that easy. I'm so excited. <laughs> can you tell? I can tell. I've not seen <laughs> excitement like this in a while. <laughs> Wow, that was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you can do while, on your, while you're on our website, you can head over to the resources tab and you can see all of Emma and I's favorite resources for navigating non-monogamy. One of our favorites, our number one favorite way to get tested for STIs. And we've tried them all, folks. <laughs> you were waiting for me to chime in and then I didn't. And then you didn't. You just sat there. I'm going to leave that pause in there. Um, so stdcheck.com, stdcheck.com is an affiliate partner of the podcast. So using the links does support the show financially. And so we are hugely grateful to anybody who does that. And you also, as a person who clicks on the links there, save $10, which makes the cost of a 10 panel test about $130. It is super fast. It is super easy. Again, this is how Emma and I have been getting tested for years. We love this service and you get your results texted to you in your online portal, usually in about 24 to 36 hours. And it's awesome. Yes. So it is badass. It is totally radical <laughs> and tubular. 
So again, if you want to check that out, there are links in your podcast player show notes or on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Just click on the resources tab and you will see them there. Yeah, go do it. Yeah, that's it for now. Next week, we have a interview with Evita. It's a fantastic conversation. Come back and check it out. And with that, anything else? I just want to say, for anybody still listening, thank you. <laughs> for making it through. It is 1230 in the morning <sighs> on the day that this publishes. Yes. So we're hitting publish in like one minute. Yeah, we are. It's been well, a long day. It's been a long ass day. So thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> and we did the best we could. And so if you're like, man, these people stink. Yes. Yes. Because we haven't showered. It's late. That's not true. We did shower. I was trying to cover up the fact of why we stink. <laughs> it's been a long as day. All right. Thank you for your support. And we'll see everybody next week for the interview with Avita. Yes. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>